Welcome to the Next Level Selling Podcast, where your host, Michael Paul, teaches you the concepts of high-performance selling and going from good to great in your sales game. Whether you're just getting started or have been pursuing sales greatness for years, this podcast will help you maximize your income while having fun along the way. Are you ready to take this thing to the top? Let's go. Now here's your host of the Next Level Selling Podcast, Michael Paul. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Michael here with the Next Level Selling Podcast. So it's, uh, let's see, it's the 27th of November, right after Thanksgiving holiday weekend. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. This is 2023. As I record this, you might be listening to this, I don't know, 10 years into the future. Well, you know, like if it was 10 years later and you were listening to this, but uh, I digress. So I'm really glad you're here today. One thing that's on my mind, and, you know, I really am probably going to get some grief over this. But I've always said that negotiating is not selling. Negotiating is not selling. Now, I know some of my, you know, sales uh, mentors out there and some of you that are just really awesome at what you do, you would just jump through the, you know, radio right now, the speaker, your phone, and just grab me by the larynx and choke me. But the fact of the matter is, is that I do not believe that negotiating is selling. Selling and negotiating, quite frankly, are two different processes. Now, you know that I always preach about process and, you know, I think everything should have a process. A process is no more than, you know, something that you go through. And as you follow this simple process, as you go step by step, then ultimately you're going to achieve what you're trying to do. So, so today I just want to talk about that just for a few minutes, and then I'm going to go in and I'm going to talk about some different sales techniques that every great salesperson that I know actually understands and does to be very successful. But but again, just real quick, selling and negotiating different processes. You see, selling, it involves identifying how a, you know, the seller's solutions. Me, if I'm selling the product, selling means that I am going to provide solutions to meet my buyer's needs. It's actually about giving value to an offer. Does that make sense? Selling is about giving value to an offer. I have a price on my offer. I feel like my offer is well worth what I'm asking for it. So, you know, every time that you negotiate, every time that you let somebody tell you, eh, I want to pay you less. If you accept less, then the value of your product, quite frankly, decreases. Think about that. Your product value decreases. So if you said it was worth X, you know, and the customer is just beating your head in and you cave because you can't sell, you can't influence, you're struggling with this particular, you know, customer that's trying to get you to sell them the product for a cheaper price. The second you lower the price, everything that you started off saying with how great your product was and why it's worth what you're selling it for. Well, was that just a lie? Were you lying about what your product was worth? Because the second you drop the price, it no longer has that value. You're now a liar. I don't know. Maybe that's why people think salespeople are sleazy. I prefer to actually bring the buyer's expectations up to my, to my, to my price. I want to bring them up. I don't want to go down to where they are. So selling simply means that I'm going to influence their decision. I'm going to show them why my product is well worth what I say it's worth. I mean, I just, I just struggle when people automatically jump right to the negotiation. See, negotiating, that simply involves reaching an agreement on the terms of a deal. Negotiating involves modifying your price or your terms to get an agreement. See, 
negotiating a better way to call this is bartering, haggling, quite frankly, defending your position. So, you know, if, if you're going to negotiate and you're going to drop your price, I really need you to understand this. When you drop your price, it basically meant you were overpriced in the first place. And also, if you're such a great salesperson, which you're supposed to be, you need to be able to overcome this negotiation tactic. I don't know. I like to use the car industry. You know, there's companies out there like, uh, and I shouldn't really, I'm not trying to give anybody props, but how do you have companies out there like CarMax that will not negotiate on the price of their cars? They started that way. CarMax started in the auto industry when every single dealership at the time, if you go back and look at them, almost every single dealership at the time was negotiating on the price of their cars. I mean, this is what we've grown to, to know as consumers in, in America, especially, is that you go to a car lot, you just, you just haggle because that's what you do because car salespeople love to haggle. I think that's such bullshit and I can't stand it. CarMax opens car dealerships. They're obviously one of the biggest car dealerships you know, in the United States. They're considered a franchise now, although they're not a, a franchise as far as Chevy, Ford, Toyota, that kind of stuff. And yet they will not negotiate on the price of their car. They won't move one penny on their price. And yet somehow they still sell cars day in and day out, seven days a week, and they crush it. They quite frankly, they crush it. I know because I, get, I see the numbers of what they do. And yet you have a dealership sitting a mile down the street from them that also has three, four, 500 used cars sitting on the ground. And yet every single customer that walks in the door, when they want to negotiate and haggle on the car, that's what they do. That's what the salespeople do. That's what the management does because they just don't believe the customer is going to buy unless they actually negotiate. I tell you, that is simply nothing more than your belief and your mindset and quite frankly, a policy of your company. So I don't know. Personally, I can't stand the car industry negotiating all the time. I mean, if one Toyota dealership, let's say, is selling a brand new Toyota less than a Toyota dealership down the street, what kind of crap is that? Is a brand new Toyota on this dealership not the same value, the same price as one down the street? I mean, that's why they have MSRP, you know, manufacturers suggested retail price. Here's a here's something I'd like to say to the manufacturers. Take the word or you know suggested, take that word out of MSRP. You know, just call it the MRP, the manufacturer retail price. It works that way with almost every other product on the planet. I go to the grocery store, I walk into Harris Teeter, I grab a loaf of bread, I walk up to the cash register and I go, "Eh, I don't want to pay $4 for this loaf of bread." It's pretty sad that bread's $4 for a loaf of bread right now. But I walk up and it's $4. I don't get to sit there and go, you know what? I'll give you three fifty for it. They'll be like, dude, get, get out of here. Get to the back of the line. Go away. They're not going to negotiate on it. That is the price. You have a choice as a consumer to pay it or not. Now, I'm not suggesting that every single industry out there not negotiating on their products because here's a message to, here's a message to consumers listening to me right now. Here's the bottom line. If you go into somewhere to buy whatever product it is, I don't care if it's a car or something else, software, I don't give a crap. If the person you're trying to buy it from says it's $40,000 and you walk out the door and you walked out the door at $38,000, I got news for you. They were selling it for $38,000 any damn way. Chances are they still made money on the deal. Now, they probably wanted to sell it for $40,000, but they're willing to 
haggle with you because it makes you feel good. It psychologically makes the consumer feel like they're winning. I just, I can't stand that crap. Again, you know, my opinion, humble, but accurate. Selling involves identifying how the seller's solutions are met, you know, by the, the buyer's needs. It's giving value to an offer, giving value. Are you hearing my words? Giving value to an offer. It just, it amazes me how quickly we cave. Again, negotiating, this is just modifying your price. That's all you're doing. You modify the price, you barter, you haggle, you lose ultimately. You say, well, no, I got to sell the product. Well, sell the product. That's why it's called selling. I love when a salesperson walks up to me and says, well, you know, uh, the bottom line is um, I had to go ahead and, and drop the price. I had to negotiate because they didn't want it unless I did. I'm like, that's why it's called selling. Of course, they don't want it at that price. You have to build value in the product. Bottom line. All right, that's my soapbox. Sales techniques that make all great salespeople. Listen, if you have these sales techniques, then you know you're probably doing pretty well. Number one, tell a great story. Tell a great story. And you know, at the end of the day, great stories become, quite frankly, word tracks. Or, you know, they could be technically called scripts. But a great story becomes a word track. When a word track is basically woven into the fiber of your being, you're going to do great. Number two, put yourself in their shoes. Most sales presentations focused on product. How about you focus on the customer? Find out who they are, what they are, why they're here to buy the product, okay? Put yourself in their shoes. If you can empathize with what your customer is trying to accomplish, you will sell more. Number three, magnify their pain. All right, now I'm not talking about stabbing them and jabbing them and making them feel bad, but modify their pain. Make it a need to have. You know, if someone, you know, a, a real estate industry, someone's house burnt down and either they need to build a new house off their insurance money or they're going to go somewhere else and buy a new one. It's not about, oh, that's too damn bad your house burnt down. It's not about that. It's about make sure that that stays at the forefront of why they're purchasing a house. So when they start to veer away, when they start to move away for the reason that they're thinking, well, I don't really want to buy this, or maybe we don't need to buy this house. Maybe we should just rebuild this house, whatever the situation is, magnify the pain. Number four, handle top objections immediately. I always say, write down every objection you can think of with an answer to each one. If you don't know the answers, get with someone that's a great producer that you know and get the answers. Handle these top objections immediately. Quite frankly, the sooner you get to objections when you're going through a sales process, the more likely it is that you're going to make the sale. If, if no objections are coming up until the very end, until it's go time, until it's time to sign the agreement, until it's time to get a commitment, they're gonna start blowing these objections at you because it was never covered during the process and man, it's hard to overcome them then because then all of a sudden your prospect has to go. They have other things to do. They don't have time to keep you know, talking right now. Handle top objections immediately. Number five, contact leads immediately. Do you know statistically when you contact a lead within five minutes of them submitting that leave, you have about a 100% chance of setting an appointment with them? About 100% chance. Contact the lead within five minutes. Now, why is this? Well, it's really quite simple. The fact of the matter is if somebody submits a lead online, internet, because you know that's where people are doing their research at, when they submit that lead, they're obviously thinking about your product, your service, whatever it is that you're selling. They want to know information now. I love when I find companies that they'll, I look at their CRM, a lead comes in and it might be 24 to 48 hours, sometimes even longer before somebody reaches out. Are you freaking kidding me with this? 
you need to be responding to leads within five minutes. Number six, keep contacting your prospects. Keep contacting them. Two of the best words I ever heard and learned, I don't know, 20 years ago was always be pleasantly persistent. Pleasantly persistent. Let me ask you a question. If I put $10 million under a rock, I'd have to either use a certified check or some very large bills because that would, you know, you'd have to be a pretty big rock. But if I put $10 million under a rock and then I put rocks in a line, I don't know, 50 miles long, and that $10 million is under one of those rocks, when would you stop turning over rocks? You know, sadly, most people right now are saying to themselves, well, I would never stop turning. I would keep turning over until I found that $10 million. But the fact of the matter is most of you work in sales positions that you could make maybe $10 million, most definitely a million dollars. Most of you are in positions that you all you have to do is enhance the numbers and you can make more money. But the fact of the matter is they actually did do, you know, some studies on this where they put prizes, if you will, underneath, you know, proverbial rocks, basically. And do you know, people actually stop turning over the rocks. They get tired. My feet hurt. You know, uh, my, my arms are hurting. I got pain in my body. I'm sleepy. I need a snack. And people actually quit. They stop, even though they know what prize is waiting on them. If they just had a little tenacity, if they just had a little more, you know, fire inside of them to keep pushing forward. All right. Pleasantly persistent. Keep going after your prospect. Don't worry. They will let you know in no uncertain terms when it's time to shut the hell up and go away. Number seven, show your unique value. Your, I'm talking about you. Show your unique value. Look, you have a solution, but so does your competition. We're selling the same products to the same people for the same price. The only question is why would someone do business with you? Well, you have to show your unique value. All right, sit down, brainstorm with other, you know, peers of yours and, and try to figure out, you know, what makes you valuable? What makes you different? Look, I found the best way to ask the, to find this out is to go ask, you know, a really good, you know, maybe a friend, someone that's in the same industry as, as you go find someone that, you know, is going to help keep you accountable and ask them, what do you think is my unique value? What, what have you seen in me? You'll be surprised what people say. You might not like some of the things you hear, but show your unique value. Number eight take your prospect by the hand not literally this can get you in trouble with hr but take them by the hand all right don't be passive tell your prospect exactly what to do you know the example i give is when i was a financial advisor and i'd sit down with a, a prospect and i've gone through my presentation and what i do is uh back in those days i would usually give one or i would give two or three i should say two or three different options for them to choose I'd say you got option A or you have option B. Both options will accomplish what you're trying to do. So it doesn't matter which one you pick, the goals that we said that you're trying to achieve or where you're trying to get to, both of these options will get you there. But you know, they just have a few different uh, you know, things in them. You know, most of the time, my customer would look at me across the desk and they'd say, well, Mike, which one would you do? Without hesitation, I just point my finger and go this one. Because quite frankly, it didn't matter which one. If both of the options I'm giving them will accomplish their goals and their needs and their wants and their desires, I'm not going to give them anything that's going to hurt them. I'm going to provide value, you know, for my customer. So I would just say this one. And if they say why, I go, well, I don't know. It has this and this feature that maybe this one over here doesn't, but I just kind of like it better. Or maybe this one's a little bit cheaper. I don't know. 
but you don't want to dog out the other one because if they you might say well i would do this one and they may go well i was really thinking i'd rather do the other one then you simply i would say well that's fine you can choose that one it is going to accomplish the same goals the tell them what to do if they sit there and say which one should i choose don't go i don't know i'm not buying it you're buying it i've heard salespeople say this before i don't know you pick you're the one buying it oh my dear god take them by the hand and do not be passive number nine follow a process however i think it's important to be flexible being flexible means that sometimes you might have to flip the process around a little bit someone might want to change things in the first two or three steps of your sales process and that's okay you might need to start at step number four but once step number four is accomplished then what you want to do is get back to the beginning and then start moving back through the process I could really do a whole podcast on this, but it's very important to understand that being flexible doesn't mean to change your sales process. It just means that if someone just punches you right in the gut and you look at your process and go, wow, they just hit me right at number three, then start at number three. Once the conversation goes warm, meaning they're all nice and happy and things are going great, then you're going to just simply move them back to number one, just go right back to number one and then move through your process. And the last one is pretty simple. Number 10 is always have a great attitude. This goes without discussion. A great attitude. I love to quote Jim Rohn. Nothing happens until someone gets excited and that someone is you. All right. Are you guys with me? I hope you are. Go out, crush it, sell something, make it a great day. Thanks for listening to the Next Level Selling Podcast. Please be sure to leave a review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to have your team inspired and propel your organization to the top? Michael is ready to deliver one of his signature talks at your upcoming event, guaranteed to ignite everyone's passion for success. Go to michaelpalk.com and click on the contact link today. And remember, we'll see you at the top.